0: Welcome to the Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more.
1: Go. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to this week's episode of the Two Old Kids, Two Young Adult Podcast. This is Ed, Alex, Capri, and Amy coming at you live on this fine Tuesday evening. How are we doing tonight?
2: Good it's man. You're working good. on radio voice. I like that. Oh, yeah. you have been working good on that.
1: That's what I've been working on during my lunch hour. That and my dance Beautiful. moves.
2: I love it. You got that was strong. Uh, this is why I don't do intros anymore because I butcher them and it completely throws the whole show off. Or oh, I minutes. still
0: can't say the name of the show, so we're I putting. Think him I think I got
2: hard. it now. Two old kids, two young adults. I We'll take this out then. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm practicing before I go to sleep. Um, so uh, last week, um, our esteemed host Amy was on um, Dr. Phil. I don't even know if we're allowed to look her directly in the eyes. Uh, And I'm sure she's got some M&M things, no brown M&Ms in my bowl, and she's just blown up around the globe. (laughs) Um, But it it started a little bit of chatter uh, online, apparently, and in the show. And then before we hit the record button, we had a conversation. So we're going to bring some of that back to you. Amy, I mean, just overall, before we get into the actual topic, Can you tell us about that experience? Like what it's like to be in a studio, live audience, people around you, other people contributing. I know it's not like, you know, the old days where, you know, talk shows would be throwing chairs at people. At least I hope it didn't get (laughs) that. Faithfully,
0: yes, no chairs Uh, were thrown at me.
2: (laughs) So uh, just a bunch of resumes thrown at people. Uh, So maybe you could tell us about that experience a little bit.
0: It was interesting. You know, I've done television before. I've worked at a big studio here in San Diego. I've performed in stadiums, but that was a different level, especially with the nature of what it is. I do podcasts like this all the time, interviews, but it's usually a little bit more of positive conversations. I do a lot of inspirational speaking and coaching and encouraging. I knew I was going on this show where it was going to be more of a hot topic debate, and that was definitely outside of what was my norm. And so I had to prepare for that and realize that I needed to wrap. Present my best, just be truthful to my own branding and message and thoughts and not let any of that intimidate me. But if I wasn't used to being on television for a living, it definitely would. It's that next level. Those are big cameras. That's the real deal. And you're going in on such a hot topic, those things, you know, no chairs were thrown, but still it was, it was heated. And I I found it to be a a really incredible experience as a media coach value, because I can now bring that expertise and my experience to clients on how to prepare for something like that. But definitely, definitely eye-opening for sure. First of all, the studio was freezing.
2: Let's get into the topic. What were you there to talk about?
0: The topic for the show was about the silent quitting that's g- taking place, and especially the the, the TikTok phenomenon that kind of started this. And really, if you look at the root, it's disgruntled workers, people who are just tired. And I definitely sensed just this bit of hopelessness. And there were uh, young adults across from me. I was with two other entrepreneurs and business owners, and I, I got categorized into a boomer t- category, which I have to say was the most offensive comment that I got. <laughs> I'm no boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. <laughs> (laughs) But uh, come on. Uh, But it was it was interesting. We're on one side and then we had some millennials and, and Gen Zers on the other side. And they, there, you can tell that there's just a sense of being fed up. Like, why should I bother? Why should I work this hard? Why should I pursue a career? Because capitalism and and we can't the cost of living, we can't afford any of it. It just seems pointless. And one of the guys after actually left a job because he just wanted to be able to do gig work. A lot of it was talking about choosing gig working over choosing a traditional career that you grow in and expand. And it's a definitely interesting conversation because you're, you you want to see both sides. And for me, I definitely saw some more angry young adults, but beneath that is really just that, I think, fear-based and almost a hopelessness. And they haven't learned yet how to have that maybe positive mindset for themselves to realize, I can see myself 20, 30 years from now that this hard work will pay off. Even if you're working that hard and gig working, have more of a goal. And I just saw a sense of a lack of goals that was really represented on the other side.
2: Um, I'm going to let you two young adults jump in on this. I I think um, just one thing I'd like to define for some of us older folk who might not know, when you say quiet quitting, what does that exactly mean? Like, how would you define that?
0: It was the definition is you're you're at your job and basically doing the bare minimum, taking the paycheck. You know, all right, you're, I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z between these hours. Don't ask me to check an email after work. Don't ask me to do any extra. I'm not staying late. I'm not coming in early. I'm not doing helping somebody else out. I'm not covering out for somebody else at work. I'm going to do the bare minimum because that's all you're paying me to do. And unless you want to raise my salary and unless you want to see my value, I'm not going to do anything else. So I'm just going to sit here and do the bare minimum. So I. I can still maybe watch Netflix during the day once in a while, if I work from home or go on a hike and still have what they say is the quality of life and not want to have to put in extra work to actually achieve something.
2: Interesting. All right. Thanks for clarifying that. This old dude, this uh, old guy didn't know exact. I heard it. I just didn't understand it exactly. So um, Capri, if you want to chat, like you made some interesting comments before we um, went to record, about observations generationally. Um, what yeah. are your thoughts about some of the folks that are in your age group or some observations you've had related to mm-hmm. this topic?
3: Um, yeah, so earlier we were kind of, well, I've kind of noticed, and I'm not sure if Alex relates to this because you're a couple of years older than me, but I feel like definitely for people who are in college and I guess like five years, or, Like, my age and five years younger, it's kind of like, we were growing up, I remember being in, like, second grade when some video went viral, and no one knew about this person, and the next day, everyone and their mother knew about this kid, like, this person went on the Ellen show, it was just, like, one thing after another, and this kid's life changed overnight, and I think that a lot of people expect that social media can still do that for them today, but... At the same time, the rise of social media, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's still going up, but it's so saturated. Whereas if you posted a video on YouTube X amount of years ago when it was first brand new, you could, and you were the first person in the rocket science niche, you could be the face of rocket science on YouTube, whereas now it's a lot harder to do that because there is so much content. And then with the rise of TikTok, everyone thinks that posting a 30 second video of their day will help them to become viral and yeah in some cases it can but when you talk about the 7 billion person population and how many people are actually going viral on TikTok and it is changing their life and they are making a career out of it it's so so small right but it's been so glamorized that I mean I'm not even gonna lie at some point I'm like wow like what if I just chose to do this as my career? Like, what if I became a YouTuber? What if I became a TikToker? Like, it is so appealing because it appears to be so little work, but is it actually and will it actually yield a reward over time? time? For how long? Like, this year or next year?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's you a really really good. Go ahead no, no, go ahead.
2: no, I was going to say Alex. the same thing you guys. It was like, is a really good point. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, a lot of really good points. I really like what you said, too, about it being glamorized because I agree with you it seems very easy on the surface. I mean, if I can just, like we were talking about earlier, if I can post a 30-second video of my day and that's how I make my income, mm-hmm. I'll be the happiest human being alive. That would be that'd be phenomenal. But I think there's so much more that goes into it in terms of the brainstorming of, okay, what is that 30-second clip going to be? That's going to take mm-hmm. some time. And then what people need to realize too is that you make income from getting deals with people. And that there's a lot that goes into that in terms of, you know, potentially signing contracts, reading those contracts, knowing what exactly yeah. you are getting into. And especially as the, you get bigger and bigger on TikTok or YouTube or whatever it may be, there's gonna be more and more deals that come through. You have to figure out how to grow and expand your platform. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. takes a lot of work. I know David Dobrik, for example, I, mean, I follow him on Snapchat because I think it's very interesting. He's a YouTuber for those of you who don't know. But they're working, you know, he's got like four or five people in his house working on computers. I'm not sure how long every Mm -hmm. day, but they do work, you know. So I think there is a lot more that goes into it than just, all right, here's a quick video or here's a quick picture. And then just the marketing in terms of how to expand it, too. It's not all... It's not all yeah. sunshine and rainbows. Out well,
0: And there. then how to protect it. Okay. So you exactly. have all this income coming in all of a sudden. Well, how are you surrounding yourself with the right advisors? How are you investing mm-hmm. it correctly? What do you plan to do with that? How are you going to protect from people coming in and trying to take it? You have to have, if you don't have education and experience and the right people surrounding you, it's definitely not going to last.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You have to t- reinvest that money to grow and expand your platform because other people, they're doing the same thing your competitors, quote, unquote, you got to figure out how to keep up with that. And I would have no idea how to do that. So like you said, Amy, Mm to surround yourself with the right people in order to successfully grow your platform is huge.
3: Yeah, I think that is such a good point. And also kind of going back a little bit earlier when you were talking about quiet quitting Amy, like just doing the bare minimum. I think if you have that kind of career where you are a social media presence, like knowing when to draw the line and set that boundary and being like oh i'm gonna take a 30 second clip of me making my dinner and then i'm also gonna take my nighttime routine in my morning like when does it stop and i feel like mm-hmm. when it's still all consuming but now there's added stress of people judging every thing that That's- you say and do like you were talking about earlier like you're receiving. I you said hate earlier I'm pretty yeah, sure no literally like, hate yeah. comments like how do you deal with that? I think as an 18 year old I don't think I could handle being in a position where people who I don't know and more <laughs> definitely more than just one person you know you can kind of yes. brush that off be like oh yeah okay that person might be having a bad day but like a thousand people coming
0: at you for the way you part your hair like that oh, I was criticized for every Girl, word. Girl, I
2: feel you. On my hair, yeah. I mean, come yeah, on.
0: I- at almost 50 years old that was a lot for me to take in in a couple day period there's still hate uh, and people hating on me going up today where I'm like wow and I just have to stop and let it go but I can't even imagine like you're saying taking that on at 18 19 years old I have years behind me and some experience and you know a little more callous to things like that but it doesn't make it any less difficult and and for a young person to put themselves in like that like you're saying okay you're recording yourself in your morning routine your nighttime routine and this is what you're gonna do that's invasive and it will get old
2: yeah i even think i was even thinking about um the fact that we're talking about tiktok right Mm. you just rewind the tape a few years and it was facebook and then it was instagram and then it's you know twitter and they all have i I started on
0: myspace
1: that's right i know a lot of people who did
2: I don't even know. I I was never a social media person, but I know I've heard of MySpace. I think they're making it a music platform or they try to or something, right? Um, But what I was going to say is they all have their own little worlds that things revolve around, Mm -hmm. but how quickly those worlds change, right? I think Capri alluded to it in that what is happening now may not be representative of what's going to be happening a week from now. I mean, literally those things can change. And anybody who's been successful on those platforms, I think of Gary Vaynerchuk, who's a big-time marketer. Yes. Folks don't know him. He's pretty prolific. Mm -hmm. Um, He's an early adopter, Mm -hmm. meaning he's getting on board at the beginning. Most people are getting on board late. Too late. Right? So it's it's being, um, you know, and I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I knew I don't know Gary personally but Gary used to have video when it wasn't even cool to be video yep. and he had a wine store and he would go oh I'm drinking this wine looks like smells like some so it tastes like somebody filtered through a dirty sock and th- he started to create this thing that never really existed before and he'll tell you it's like <laughs> there was nobody watching those videos at first um, it's actually a really good book. If you want to watch it or read it, it's called Crush It. Mm-hmm. And it was this whole idea behind the wine business that he built um, on his dad's liquor store. But having said that, I think the other thing that is worth talking about is, um, Amy, you mentioned it earlier. And I want to come back to it, is that there's this blame game going on, which is it's it's not me, it's them. Yep. Um and I my I told my daughter the other day, you say that enough times you better start to realize it's not them, it's you. Uh but in the context of this conversation, you know, that was about, you know, just the way the economic world works or how it's unfair or You know, this generationally people are hoarding wealth and these folks can't get to it. Can you comment a little bit more about those comments and what your interpretation or what your take is on what that really they were trying to say?
0: Yes, and definitely on the show with, with the other guests across from me that were sharing that thought of saying it's capitalism. W- one of the guys said, bosses don't care about people at all. No boss, no company cares about their employees. And Dr. Phil did challenge him and said, have you interviewed every boss? Is that to be true? But what resonates to me is that that really is how they feel that is their interpretation that it's it's a hopeless mindset yeah. and in a lot of the comments it was i've been doing this job nobody cares doesn't matter how hard i work i'll never get noticed i can barely pay the rent there was just so much discouragement that that traditional jobs today don't care about people which it's so sad to know that that there are those individuals that are in those positions and my take is but if you if you th- do the right thing and start creating yourself openness to create opportunity. If there are other opportunities to get out of that, you're not going to find it being negative or quiet quitting or sitting with your head in the sand. You've got to set yourself apart so that if there is a p- opportunity, they're going to choose you over somebody else. But it was really sad to see just the level of hopelessness and the comments of just saying doesn't matter employers don't care. They're just making their money. Um, and, and I was getting a lot of that feedback. There was so many hate saying, I'd never want to work for her. I bet she barely pays her employees. I'd want to talk to her employees. She's probably a horrible boss. She has time to be here on Dr. Phil while her people are running the company. And I'm looking down at the cat going, you look pretty happy to me. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's my employee.
2: <laughs> cat back to work.
0: Cat, I mean, she has nap pods all over the place. I don't understand. So it was a lot of angry comments just assuming that I am horrible and am just entitled and don't treat my employees well. And that was really sad to realize that a first impression of anything, that we have such a brokenness in our society, that that is a first impression.
2: Well, the good news is we don't have that many people watching or listening to this podcast, so we can say whatever we want. We're not going to get much hate. <laughs> um, but what is interesting, and I've I've mentioned this before, not in on this podcast with you folks, but it's amazing how visceral people can be when they can hide behind their phone tablet or computer mm-hmm. i would challenge somebody at least the folks in the audience amy they're talking directly to you face to face but i would challenge people like would you say that to somebody if you were standing face to face with them? and i think therein lies the biggest challenges we've come into an environment and i don't know if it's covid i don't know what it's what combination me. thereof right? Mm -hmm. Where people just feel comfortable commenting and saying things about anybody on anything. And what's, what's tragic is to your point is they don't really know you. Mm -hmm. I don't, you, you're making an assumption based on a clip or a show. They don't know where you come from, what you've done, what you're doing, why you're doing it, who you're doing it with or for. Mm -hmm. So that's always been a challenge for me. And I, I, that's one of the reasons I kind of stayed away from social. I don't like, uh, I'm I'm a, despite my cool exterior, I'm a kind of a sensitive person. I kind of what people think matters, Right. but people who don't know you shouldn't have that much say in control. Right. So let's kind of pivot here because I think it's an interesting jumping off point in terms of why it's, I don't know if it's the job per se. And I'd be interested to see what you guys have to say of this on this subject. Is it the job or is it the fact that they just haven't found something that they feel passionate about? You know, when I was coming up, it was you find something that you're passionate about and you it does, it doesn't, it's not work. You'll never go to work. And so sometimes, yes, we have to take the job to pay the bill. Amy's referred to that. But I would say this to young people, if you have the latitude to find something that you're super interested in, then go do that. Yes. Discover it, at least try to. I mean, I've done, uh, we've talked about, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Most of the career pivots and moves I've made is because of, I knew somebody. Yes. We knew somebody made an introduction. But I would argue that that doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. And I want to make sure we get that. It's taking a job or going down a career path. Sometimes it looks and sounds and feels glamorous before we get into it. But we our heart's not really in it. It's just not. And so next thing you know, it's the other thing, which is now you're stuck. You have to do it. And then that's maybe where that negative... Um, energy or the negative thoughts come from. I want to get you guys' perspective on that and why it's important to identify what it is that makes you excited to go in and to be part of a team or be part of a solution. Where this idea of, well, I nobody cares, so therefore I won't care. I mean, it seems like those two things might be connected. For that was sure. a question, not a statement. It's, it's long. like It sounds like a statement, but it's kind of a question, which is, what do you think? You All can right. just two things are connected.
3: You're getting into the Alex questions now, where you're asking three and one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm watching. I'm listening to this Running podcast called Smartless. It's with Jason Bateman and uh, Will, or I don't know, another guy. And they tease each other about these multis, segmented question <laughs> and they got like super like Sean Penn was on the other day. Oh, I was listening to it. And they just cap they just bust on each other going, Hey man, is are you going to bring this question to a conclusion? <laughs> Do you even know what the question is? So yes, I, I went that was out what you out just out did. right there. I guess fundamentally the question in my mind is, is there a direct correlation between the fact that you took a job that you probably weren't that excited about anyways, And what would happen if you, you think there'd be a difference if they were passionate about what they were doing?
3: I think, I mean, personally, I haven't had that many jobs yet, but I worked at Starbucks um, last year and I chose to work there because I could have chosen something that was kind of more career directed, but I was like, no, like I'm kind of just looking for something lighthearted and I genuinely enjoy making coffee. So I was like, hey, like this sounds like a good idea. And I love my experience working there. I know that everyone, uh, not everyone has the same experience as I did, but I think part of the reason that I loved it so much was the people that were there. There were a lot of people who, well, there were a few girls that were my age and we got along really well. And then also like the way that everyone else interacted with each other. We're like, Hey, we might have this, like this service job or whatever. It's not like the top tier job or anything, but. We're all here, we're all making money, so we might as well have like a good time to get along with each other. And I think environment plays such a big part mm-hmm. into whether or not you look forward to going into work each day, because I was like, oh, I get to go into work and talk to friends and then make coffee on the side. And yeah, I liked my job, which is making coffee, but I think the people had a really big impact on how it made me feel.
0: I love that.
2: Follow-up question, Capri. in the time that we were together, how many cups of coffee did you bring to me?
3: Zero, yeah, because I can't give you coffee over Zoom.
2: <laughs> excuses. They all have excuses. There's always... <laughs> so, Let me just, so just airdrop to- it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to clarify oh, that, and I said. did all her college planning on Zoom because we were in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Alex, you've been in the workforce for a little while. Um do you see some of that stuff where you work? Is it is? Do you see the attitude kind of like, whatever, punch the clock, I'm out of here. What do you see in the environment you work in?
1: Yeah, I think in the environment I work in, I definitely think there are some people, especially initially when I started there, it was definitely one of those environments of like, go above and beyond like, hey, you're probably gonna have to work on the weekends pretty frequently. Probably gonna have to put in, you know, 10 plus hour days pretty frequently. That was one of those things that was, pretty celebrating was pretty interested about um, my work as I started during the pandemic before that it was definitely that rise and grind mentality as well but they were in person and I know people love going in person as well at my office and they're trying to bring that back but it's been so difficult too because people are so used to working mm-hmm. from home now so um, I definitely agree with Capri. I wasn't there during those initial days at my company tour. Everyone loved coming into work. They loved the people. It was a great environment. They'd play foosball at 10 a.m. They'd play ping pong. <laughs> you know, they had a you know, they did all these fun things throughout the day and they loved the people. And it made that all right work hard mentality that much easier. And I think a lot of people from what I've talked to, from the people I've talked to in my work, they think it's very hard to capture that obviously virtually. So Right. I think some of that want to work my butt off mentality can be lost because at the end of the day, you're sitting alone for the most part. It's lonely. It's extremely lonely, and yeah, you can you talk to people over Slack, over Microsoft Teams, phone calls every now and then, but it's it's not the same. It's lonely. It's same. So yeah, so I definitely agree with Capri there. And then I just want to add another point as well. I definitely think, especially when you're kind of getting out of the workforce. It depends on what you value in your life. I know some people, they may not make the most amount of money, but they absolutely love what they do. So they keep doing that. There's some people, they don't love what they do, but maybe they make a little bit more money. And because that money enables them to do the things that they love outside of work. So I think when you are choosing a career, it's thinking about, all right. What do I really value, especially when you're starting out in the workforce and you do have all this energy, you have all this time, you're kind of, you don't really know what you want to do. Um, it's kind of asking you some of those questions as well.
0: Mm-hmm. That was
2: a great perspective.
0: It was. I mean, so, I yeah. love the thrill of accomplishment. I, I love at the end of the day, like, wow, I, did, I really accomplished something today. I can't imagine mm-hmm. just wanting to do the bare minimum because I love that fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question about that. So obviously
3: we're not doing the bare minimum, but do you think that there is maybe like an upper limit to or like a boundary that you shouldn't cross as far as working too much overtime or like always taking it home with you? And if there is to you then like, what, where would that limit kind of be? Because I've, that's also, I think a, something people struggle with is like on yeah. the opposite end of the spectrum, knowing when to take a break.
1: Yeah. And I, um, I would be really careful about that for sure and finding that limit i think it just kind of depends on a how good you are at your job how quickly you can get things done obviously the more you can do the better you're going to look in the eyes of those people who are above you so i definitely encourage you to go above and beyond but there is definitely that line that i would not recommend crossing because the more that you take on the more that people will be like, okay, I can just keep on piling things on him, piling things on and piling things on him to where you do have to work 10, 11, 12 hour days. And so you set the expectation for those people giving you that work, like, okay, he or she will just continue to do it. Mm-hmm. So I would be very careful, especially when you are first going out into the workforce, because people, you know, especially companies, they know, all right, Capri is fresh out of college. You know, she's got a degree. She's got the internship experience. She's excited to work. She wants to prove herself and let's give her a lot to pile it (laughs) on exactly so i especially for those people who are just going out to the workforce getting their first jobs be very mindful of that i'm not saying everyone does that i'm definitely not saying that but i think it is something to um just be mindful of for sure
2: i think that's a two-way street too Mm -hmm. i think you're willing to work hard and it gets back to what um Amy was saying by some of the interviewees at um, at Doctor Phil, which is, I think people are willing to work hard if they feel appreciated, yeah,
0: and they Absolutely. feel valued,
2: and that's not always dollars and cents, right? That's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ping pong, sushi, um, yep. you know, taking off Friday. I mean, those things matter to people, and when they feel valued, they're gonna give more. They just, mm-hmm. it's it's been proven that they will. I would say to your point, Alex, is like the reward for hard work is more work. And I think part of that is because there aren't a lot of people who are willing to work hard. So it takes us all back to the original part of this conversation, which is there's a mentality that comes with that. So when a company finds somebody who's a hard worker, there can be reward with promotion and raises. And the other side of it, it could be that you're just going to get piled on, which also feeds the, well, you don't care about me because if you cared about me, you would realize I'm at a limit. And by the way, how come I'm doing that other person's job and they still get paid or maybe they're making more than me because I've been here longer? So all these internal conversations start to happen and then we've categorized it as quiet quitting, but in reality, it could be a whole bunch of things that are boiling underneath that are just captured in this one idea. And what comes out is, why should I? Because you right. don't care. Right. And there may be some truth to that. Yeah. But now it's incumbent upon you to start to determine which direction you're going to go. To go. And don't forget, to Amy's point, you're going to get another gig someday,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or you know, 40 hour work week W2, and they're going to ask you for a reference.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep.
2: And what is that person going to say about you? Always think when the about time that. comes. These people who are on Dr. Phil, they're out of their minds. I would have made them change my voice, blocked out my yes, face because there's no way, right. The, if they're getting a half a million views, some day, some point, somebody's going Facebook. to walk into an office and go, "You look familiar." And they're like, "Yeah, I was on Doctor Phil." And they go, "Yeah, let me go look that up." And then get millions
0: what? of views on television.
2: Yeah. So yep. that's a challenge. So before we, this is a very interesting conversation. So I want to throw some stuff out, you give you some statistics, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions. All right? Good deal. From the age of eighteen to twenty-four. 18 to 24, how often, according to Indeed, does a person change their job in years? 18 to 24.
3: I feel like that's a really difficult question because I know that a lot of people are working like summer jobs where they might not be going back the next mm-hmm. summer. So mm-hmm. for that reason, I'm going to say every year. That's what I was like. say. Yeah.
1: Yes, every year.
2: Would it surprise you if I told you that that age group stays in the same job the longest out of all the categories I'm going to give you? Wow. So, 18 age to 24, they stay 5.7 years. No
3: way. Okay.
2: Okay. 25 to 34, how often does that age group change jobs?
0: 3 to 2. 2 years.
2: 4? Like 2. Alex, what did you say? 4. Amy? 3. 2.4 every two and a half years they okay. turn
3: i feel like i don't know if you guys kind of agree with this but and i'm not even like having a job where this would be applicable yet but i keep hearing that you should like be changing a job every like three to five years so you shouldn't can renegotiate your salary like where do you stand on that
2: well, it begs that gets to my uh my quiz that we're gonna have in a
0: minute. Okay, let's again. finish
2: this up. Age 35 to 44, how often do they change jobs? Every three to five years, so we'll go with four. <laughs> yeah, you kind of got the rhythm of it, right? So 2.9 years, and age 45 to 52, how often do they change?
1: Once, yeah, once.
2: Uh, they change every 1.9 years. Wow. So it's almost reverse. You would think younger.
0: You're bouncing around more
2: frequently, but older is changing more frequently. Now, here's the question. And I'm going to tell you how many answers you have to pick from There's Six answers on the board. Here's the question. What are the six reasons, primary reasons people change?
0: Um, Company culture, the work environment.
1: Income. Just okay. um, your uh, dissatisfaction. Yeah. Dissatisfaction. Like, sense of, sense of fulfillment sort of thing.
2: Okay.
3: Like, schedule flexibility, like working from home versus in person. I know a lot of people who have switched, considered switching jobs because they're being forced to return or the opposite.
2: Yeah. Actually, when I heard quiet quitting originally, that's what I thought it was, that people were like, no, I'm staying home and I'm working until I find something else. That's originally what I thought it was. All right. So here we go. Here are the six answers. One, they change because they're looking for a new challenge. Mm, Two, it's about the Benjamins. They want a bigger paycheck. Three, which I think is a pretty big one, recognition. They want to be Mm -hmm. acknowledged for the work they do. Four, advancement. They're trying to move up. Mm -hmm. Five, uh, Capri, I don't know if this kind of fits in what you're talking about, a little less stress. Mm. They just need to kind of bring Mm. it down a notch. And then six is burnout. They're just Mm. burned out, which gets back to what we're talking about, is drawing that line where you're just working, 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 working. Um, So, I mean, there's a number of different reasons, and depending on your age group or where you're at, or how you look at your career, there could be all of those can happen almost simultaneously. So it's interesting that um, wow. the the thought process behind why and the frequency of people changing their jobs, it's actually very fascinating to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't really think of a time where I changed that fast. So I've been solopreneuring it or, company guy depending on what time frame we were in and this i just started my 19th year yeah uh, before that i was at a place for 17 years um i think the shortest stint i had was at bank of america i think i did three there so
0: and um, you told us you were only 30 this math isn't adding up
2: hey yeah
1: i'm, I'm a little suspicious know.
2: now i'm doing 80 weeks. Math. i don't know what to tell you <laughs> Yeah. Uh but I will tell you this. There is something about burnout. Like sometimes you know you get good at what you do and you can do it like without really thinking about it. And sometimes you start to think, I I want a new challenge. That was one of the ones on the list, right? So I, I we said this before on a different podcast. I'm a big fan of the side hustle, man. Yeah. It's something going that you're excited about because yep. it will infuse you with energy to get you through some of those days where maybe the boss is not right, or the work yeah. is tedious, or your fellow workers are obnoxious and rude and overbearing. Those things, you can control that when the time is right, you just have to put some things in motion. So um, that was that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That kind of reminds me of the thing, it's like you need five hobbies, like one to make you money, one to make you happy, one to keep you active one for creativity and then i think that last one's like personal
2: growth yeah. Oh, that's really
1: good i like nice. that yeah it's really good nice
3: we like found it on pinterest complaint. like five years ago
1: pinterest
2: oh, wow oh. there you oh, go oh okay. now wow
1: they social media out there.
2: For what they do okay i'm just telling you right now i love pinterest them. is like,
3: like i think it's the superior social media i'm not oh, yeah. gonna put that out
1: there just peak social media i absolutely agree
0: mm-hmm. so, that's fantastic
2: you know what i use pinterest for for my vision boards
0: Oh, yeah, that's really hell. good. That's great do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. it. I like like you that.
0: see all of our faces on your vision board?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're yeah at the top, yeah. we're, we're exactly. all over it. Just on, the screen right here is people. our vision exactly.
2: board. Exactly. <laughs> you guys know me deep here. <laughs> um, so, uh, you guys got time to have a quick little chat about um, what <laughs> what's going on at the high school level? Mm-hmm. You want me to stop recording and start it again, oh, Amy? Or, yeah. you know, what?
0: You're going to close this out of our... Uh, yeah, we got to end right, our episode.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I don't know if we want to record this other thing, too. It might be kind of interesting for a little <laughs> bonus session.
0: But having said
2: out. that, that was an episode of Two Old Kids, Two Young Adults. And I know you loved it, all five of you. I know you loved it. So give us a thumbs up. If you think it's valuable, share it with somebody else and then subscribe because we're going to come up with different episodes, different topics all the time. And I like these little panel chats because I think it allows us to dig into things and get perspective from different age groups, male, female it's just nice to hear what other folks are thinking um that and I, I know i'm the senior member of the group but it's it's nice to hear what you guys think and what goes through your mind when these topics come up i, I like actually like this sometimes better than the guests no offense guests but that's <laughs> um so again check us out uh, enjoy the conversations and we'll see you next week
0: Make sure and subscribe to this show so you don't miss the next episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We want to hear from you as well. You can email us at 2OK2YA at gmail.com.